20 years and still going strong. Utah's number one sports radio show for over two decades. You're listening to DJ and PK on 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Don't miss your chance to win big every week on the KSL Sports Zone. This week on Win Ticket Wednesday, you can win a pair of tickets to Dan and Shay at Utah First Credit Union Amphitheater. That's going to be on September 20th. Listen to the KSL Sports Zone all day on Wednesday for your chance to win. DJ PK, it's 97.5 The Zone. RSL is at home, the home opener tomorrow against LAFC, the team that really is the class of the West now. They are the one everyone is measured against. Seattle's not that far away, but Seattle's not really the team. It's LAFC now. And PK, if you're going to play the best, maybe you get some conditions that level the playing field a little bit. 60-mile-an-hour winds, snow possible around halftime possibility that halftime will be delayed and the whole thing will be delayed by thunder and lightning depending on uh, where the storm hits and when it hits sounds like ideal weather should we think about uh, a retractable dome on that baseball stadium for spring weather in utah uh yeah but what the heck this is soccer man just rub (laughs) some dirt on it there you go rsl head coach pablo mastroni joins us now pablo good morning morning guys how we doing uh, we're doing well. I was just talking to your fellow Thunderbird High grad about uh, playing soccer in 60-mile-an-hour winds with snow possible at halftime, uh, and who knows when halftime will hit because there's could be thunder and lightning in the area that delays everything. I'm thinking uh, you didn't have to put up with that at uh, Thunderbird High or North Carolina State. Not not often, not at all, but that's what makes it all exciting. It's, <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's a beautiful thing. You have stories to tell when you're older. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Do you game plan for it, or what do you do? No, not not really. Um, again, I think there's one there's one weather variable that that ruins soccer games and throws it on its head, and that's wind, um, snow, rain. That's all. That's something that we're accustomed to. You know, the wind part is is the most difficult because it's so unpredictable, um, and you know, the one thing I would say is for us this year, we want to keep the ball on the floor. Um, a lot more than we did last year. So it shouldn't affect us from there, but we also want to be vertical. And so when you hit the ball over distance, if the wind's against you, you have to keep it low. It's a little bit like golf. You have to keep it low. Um, and then obviously when it's when it's with you, you've got to make sure you put a little bit of height, height on there so that it, it, it stays on, on, the, on the field. So those are some of the things. But again, I think the best way to game plan for the unknown is the mindset. And uh, if, if you're, you know, if you're already, if that's already an issue before the game starts, uh, it's not going to bode well. So for us, it's really about controlling the controllables. You're slowly getting uh, pieces of your team together. We saw Matt Crooks play his first 30 minutes, and uh, to come in and get an assist with a really pretty pass outside of the right foot, perfectly weighted, good ball. I think everybody looks at his height and thinks, man, he is going to be great on set pieces, top of the six-yard box. I mean, he's going to be out jumping people. This is going to be great. But he looked comfortable drifting out wide and playing like a winger, playing in the middle of the field. And uh, he might have something there, which I guess is the expectation. 
Yeah, no, I think I think just to go back to what you said, I think it's it's so true. You know, it's so hard when you you don't have everyone in for the preseason. The the the, the most learning and collective learning that you can do is in those six weeks, um, because there's no bullets flying. It's it's really about instruction and making sure that everyone understands our game model and, and the style of play that we want to put forth. Um, and when you're starting to add these pieces slowly then you're starting to have to adapt on the run. But the one thing with, with Matt Crooks, as you rightly pointed out, is his ability to interpret space. And so soccer, for me, is all about interpreting space. Um, because whilst you have a way you want to play, different spaces will open up against different opponents. And if you're experienced and you know how to exploit it, whether it's drifting out wide, whether it's coming underneath, or whether it's running beyond, there's always an option. And what you see with a lot of younger players is that they have the same action over and over regardless of where the space is. And so his ability to be able to do that, I think, will help Andres and Diego Luna become a more evolved soccer player in a shorter amount of time. Because, again, the best type of teaching is peer-to-peer. And his, his and when they see him every day in training, um, they'll be able to, you know, leach a lot of information off of them. But he's, he's a big guy, but one of the things that, that I saw when we when we were scouting him was his weight of pass. And I think that pass he played at Chicho, which was on the correct side so that he can turn, which the weight was perfect so he can take it one touch. All these little details um, were things that I saw when he was playing at Middlesbrough. And so um, as far as being a beast in the air, you know, I, I think he's, he's good in the air, I, I, but I would say his feet are like little mittens and they're soft for a big guy. All right, you talk about interpreting space i am far from a soccer expert although when i played it in pe on the football field they did call me the menace on 19th avenue i will add to that now (laughs) i knew you'd like that a joke that makes sense to only two of you but i'm glad you two are happy i really am yeah the the school's right there boarded up on 19th Ave. and it is it's there's a lot of traffic and a lot of craziness happening across the street as well (laughs) but you're talking about when you're talking about interpreting space help me out there it didn't seem like because you were you were going along the offensive end that goal you gave up the other night i i didn't think the guys how about defensively interpreted the space that they needed to be Correct. That's a great point, PK. Um, so, especially in transition, and that's one of the, the one of the uh, on our recap. It's one of the things I went over with with Vera, who found himself isolated one v one in the wide area. And so, when you're talking about spaces now, they've knocked the ball, whatever it was, like 40 yards into space. And so, our lines, our the defensive line and the midfield line were stretched. Right? There's a lot of space between that line. And the way we talk about it in soccer is when you find yourself in these moments where the lines are stretched because there's more space between our lines, um, the, the, the actual tactic is to delay, right? We delay in the wide area. So we don't go in to win the ball in the wide area because if you don't win it, then what happened against St. Louis will happen consistently, which is now you have your whole team running backwards. And, and, and now covering positions are hard, harder to maintain because the distances are too great. The space is too great. So defensively, what you want is always compact. You want the spaces nice and tight. And so in that particular play, the ball goes over. The expectation would be that Barrett delays, just keeps the player in front of him, and allows time for our midfielders to get back so that then they have to play around our block instead of across and 
through our block, which the guy found it really easily to do. And then Jay Glad was too far away to be a good cover uh, if Vera got beat. And so if you deal with it at the source, which is delay, then all these other problems kind of solve themselves. I was intrigued watching Pablo Ruiz. Obviously, he's coming off uh, knee surgery that wrecked the end of his year, and you talked about how important he was. He was the point guard. He was the quarterback to the attack, even though he was playing so deep and so far away last year as, a, as an eight. Uh, watching him pop balls forward for Chicho, I thought, wow, it is something to have him back. And then you sub him off for Crooks, and you see what Crooks does, and I'm wondering what is it going to look like if you can get Pablo and Crooks and Chicho Arango and Diego Luna on the field at the same time after they've been together for a month or six weeks, and Matt Crooks actually knows everybody's name without having to think about it. Uh, what are the possibilities that, for the attack going forward? Yeah, no, I think it's that. that's definitely the aim. Um, the one thing – uh, and Pablo's been great and, and playing in a position that's a little bit uncomfortable to him. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously his best position is going to be uh, box-to-box midfielder, which is one of the two pivot roles that we play. And the conundrum at the moment was Emeka Nelly and Brian Ojeda played a master class pairing against St. Louis. Um, and if it wasn't for them, we wouldn't have been able to dictate the game the way we did, which is control the game with the ball, for 60% of the game, and, you know, Ameka led uh, interceptions in on the field. And so, like, these little – these the, the structural components, the role players, are, are just as critical um, in the performance of the group that is often unnoticed because it's not sexy. Um, and so the conundrum I think we find ourselves in this weekend is, whilst we want to get Pablo back to that, that spot, um, do we put him in there this weekend? Because, again, the roles are completely different. And so um, even though Pablo is probably the most technical, uh, most attacking eight that we have, um, is it the right time to put him in in this position given the performance that these two have had? But ideally we get to that spot to where Pablo's in the midfield playing with Crooks, playing with Luno, playing with Chicho, playing with Andres, and now we have a star-studded attack. But we got to think about the other side of the ball as well as coaches. It's not – you know, it's not fan ball where you're just watching the team attack. It's 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 the defense that wins the championships because it's so important to the structure of the group. So that's a conundrum I think we find ourselves in this weekend, and we'll have a couple more conversations this morning before we uh, decide which way we're going. Your handling of Barajas, the 17-year-old, it looked to be the same in both matches. Is that something that is going to continue, at least for the short term? Yeah, I think Brahas is a is a bright young player. You know, I you know I, I think oftentimes we get enamored with their age, and football for me is can you or can you not do it? And and Brahas, Brahas consistently shows that he is a goal scorer, and and he hasn't had the opportunities quite yet, and it's very difficult when you get just a few minutes each game. But he's also understanding the the level um, compared to last year, where he was in the USL Championship, and now he moves up a level, so the defending's better. The speed of plays quicker um and so he's just getting his feet under him at this level but he is just a talented player he's a uh he's a goal scorer and and he's a class he's a class act of a, of a young man and so i think um his role will only continue to expand as we move forward and we start to get the congestion of games he, you know he'll be starting quite a few games this year because he's a great player I think most fans can guess uh, what the attack is going to look like. 
as far as the starting 11 and the substitution pattern. But is he going to be, even when you're just playing once a week, is he going to get to the point pretty quickly where he can put pressure on multiple guys to keep their spot in the starting 11? I think so, uh, DJ. You know, I think, again, if we want to be, um, you know, a team that's always stretching to become better, it, the, the, it starts It starts with, with that, is creating an environment where it's competitive. You know, I think the the the, the paradox, or not necessarily the paradox, but the the flip side of that is that another good player is going to have to not play, right? And yeah. so you can't play 12 players on the field. And so whilst everyone wants to see certain guy play, uh, what we want to do from a club perspective is always push the envelope. And the best player in that position for that week plays. Um, and, 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 again, I think in the last few years we've been kind of acquiescing to, to said player because of his profile, because of his name, because of his salary. Um, but what we want to do is create, and we started upon that, a game model that is identifiable when RSL play any game, whether it's home or away. And then the best players in that position for that week that fill those roles regardless of name and, 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 and status with, with, within the team. And I think Barajas is the guy that can play out wide for, uh, for Andres. Uh, and that's where he played in the USL. He can play in the middle for, for Diego. Um, because that's what he did in the preseason. And he can actually play up top, and he's played up top um, in, a num- in, I think, two or three games for us in the preseason and did really well and, and scored, I think, scored two goals in, in, in both of his appearances. And so he's a, he's a top-line player. Um, and, uh, you know, again, I don't think anyone's worried about his age because everyone knows the quality that he brings to the group. That's what I want you to take from today, Pablo, the menace on 19th. <laughs> PK, I can't forget that. I, I, I just see you in the Chiefs outfit and the uh, and just running amok down 19th Ave. Oh, the running the amok part. The running amok part, we all believe. The orange and blue, brother. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> all right. Will you uh, – how, how does it work with choosing ends of the field before we let you go? Do you want the wind at your back in the second half? Because I'm thinking if you need a goal late with the wind – and McMath's leg, he can just put it on Crooks's forehead right at the penalty spot from the other end with the wind behind him. Bang, you head it in, and you're out of there. Forget all the subtleties, Pablo. This is yeah, knocking yeah, 80 yards you know, over the top. Just, but, but you know, it's like you don't know that the wind's going to stay in the same direction, right? You don't. I've seen it change. I've seen it change within five minutes during a game. You're, <laughs> you're right. right. So I think, I think you always stay present, and if you have a chance to take the wind, you take the wind, and, and you stay present, and you Instead of trying to come back, you're thinking, we're going to get ahead in this half, and then we'll deal with the second half regardless of which way the wind blows. Everybody likes that. Trey always likes to pick 3-0 as the final score. So, yeah, score early, score often. Why not? Forget the late game drama. There you go. That's that's the mindset for sure. Pablo, we appreciate a few minutes. Thanks for joining us. Good luck. All right, guys. Always a pleasure. There's Pablo Mastroni, RSL head coach.